0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD?
1: Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably.
0: Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know?
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast.
1: About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever
0: we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might, or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast.
1: It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and
0: hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf.
1: Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life –
0: from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
1: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast.
0: Dancing around my kitchen table with Liz, my son giggling, dogs doing anything, booking a holiday, ticking off a to do list, live theatre and cricket, cricket, cricket. Those are what make me happy. What makes you happy, Vic?
1: Well, it's funny. I've only just read yours and actually mine are almost exactly the same. Cricket. Apart from the cricket. (laughs) I can't believe we didn't have Craig David in there.
0: Well, well I dancing around the kitchen with Liz, Oh, it's can, generally I don't think David. I need to underline the fact that's obviously <laughs> to Craig David, probably enough, about to start his book this week.
1: Oh God. Yeah,
0: why so it's weird it's I taking me
1: this long. I don't need a report on how that book's going. <gasps>
0: I could do a whole episode on it. No, please. This episode
1: is about a book I've just
0: finished, yeah. I could, I could, every time I read a book I do an episode about oh,
1: it. It's a great idea. Yeah. I could do a solo yeah. episode if you do okay, want to do yeah. it. Yeah, you could do a solo episode on that one. Let's pretend someone's listening. <laughs> and then we won't release it. No listens that yeah, week. No Imagine listens. It's too niche. i will be like, hey, Mitch, what's going on here? It's my Craig David episode. <laughs> yeah. On, what makes my favourite things that make me happy walking up mountains listening to Sober Awkward. I know that sounds very self-indulgent. Is it Hamish. your favourite podcast? It's my favourite podcast. <laughs> and I laugh at my own jokes all the yeah. way through.
0: Well I listen to it, I'm always like, I know what I'd say here, and then I say it, and I'm like, oh yeah, it makes yeah. sense. That is me.
1: <laughs> I do that. I, I think oh I wish I would have said this and I oh I say it. Oh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> oh, it's sad. No, because I'm usually listening for those ums and arms and, and okay. the edits and stuff, yeah. but I do enjoy going for a walk and listening listening. listening to listening to it on the day it's released just because I can't remember what I've said yeah. and I want to know whether it's funny or not and generally it is so I enjoy my walk
0: it's your favourite podcast that you find yourself funny Yeah, Great. It's
1: very self-indulgent looking at myself in the mirror no I'm joking about that one however <laughs> <laughs> that one now, that's not my favourite thing to do dancing to house music on my deck which I yep. did a big session on Saturday night the kids think I'm mad I put really really loud house music on and stomp yeah. around on the deck for an cool. hour for, okay. it's quite a good exercise yeah. actually they join in for about the first 10 minutes then they're like god she's still going what is she doing <laughs> I like good spicy food mm. I like books I like tickle giggles just the yes. sound of a child being tickled is just my favorite sound mm. in the world mm-hmm. dog walks on the beach seeing my parents cuddle okay yes yep. I like seeing my parents holding hands and having yep. snuggle I think that's very sweet eating peanut butter from the jar which I just did then mm-hmm. very quickly while you were out of the room coffees in bed I won't get out of bed until I have my coffee. That's my Mm -hmm. favourite thing. And my husband's hairy back. Sweet. They're the things that make me happy.
0: (laughs) We've also asked Alan what his favourite things are. Uh, We've not heard it yet. I reckon it'll be weird.
1: Yeah. Let's play it now. Being
0: on my own. Just coming back to what you said there, your favourite noise. Can I just pause on that for a second? Because I've thought about this quite a lot. A golf ball being hit. Oh, yes. A can of tennis balls being opened. And that one's a double whammy because it's also one of my favourite smells.
1: Okay any others you can think of well one of my favourite sounds at the market is a very funny story I used to every week I'd go to this market in Sydney where I was working I was selling jewellery and every week I'd be looking up at the sky going oh I think there's a storm coming even if it was a really clear sky I'd be like what's going on here and the guy would look at me every week I did this and he was the apple seller and it was him pouring the apples out on in, oh. out of the barrels. <laughs> and it made like a thunder sound. And I'd be like, There's a storm coming. He's been No, no, Vic, it's me putting the apples out like I do every week. But it is a lovely sound, apples being poured yeah, out. Nice. My other favourite sound, Hamish, which has always been my favourite sound from growing up is the sound of a train passing in the distance. It's like a hot summer's day in England and I used to be able to hear the train station, the trains Mm. going up to London, especially if they did a toot-toot, Hamish. That really turned me on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I've got a couple that remind me of England. Mm. Pigeons outside the bedroom... Cooing. Window cooing. Yeah, yeah, I love that noise. Yes. I know people find that annoying. That noise. Yeah, I really like it because it makes me think of I'm in home at my bed. Yeah, um, and the other one. This was so good. I spoke to someone on WhatsApp the other day, and I was wearing headphones, and they were. Putting their welly boots on oh, and yes. then walking, they lived in the country, then walking outside on gravel mm. to take their dog for a walk and it was raining. Yes. So it was the gravel, it was the rain on the leaves. That's lovely And I thought, like, that is England.
1: That's why I love the Adam Buxton podcast is because oh, at the beginning <sighs> he's out with his dog. What's his dog's name? Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. So he's out with his dog, Rosie, and he records the beginning of the podcast in Norfolk. It's usually raining. There's usually a bit of wind. The dog runs off to get a ball and disappears sometimes. And it is the coziest. Mm. In fact, every point in that podcast that I love are the bits like when he's making tea and you can hear the spoon inside the teacup. That's releasing dopamine for me, Hamish. Those sort of noises. Those noises that bring back memories, I guess, is what they are. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, that's exactly what this episode is all about. It is about happiness and dopamine more specifically.
1: We're going to explore what dopamine is, the role it plays in addiction and its importance in maintaining our sobriety.
0: Although we've mentioned dopamine before, we haven't really delved into just how integral it is to addictions of all sorts. Also, I've just read a book on it, okay? So the book is called Dopamine Nation. It's by Anna Lemke, if you're wondering, Dr. Anna Lemke. And so this is my opportunity to share with you some of the lessons that I've learned. She is the Medical Director of Addiction Medicine at Stanford, so she really knows what she's talking about, Don't listen to this episode and then think you don't need to read the book. I am going to do a really bad job of rehashing years worth of her research. But I will do my best. Still go read that book because it is fantastic.
1: Okay, highly recommend that then. Yes. There is no way we can do that book proper justice in just one episode. So as always, let us remind you that we are not doctors, although I can be a sexy doctor on demand, Hamish. Do I want to demand this? You is do a not. Voice no, thing it's or a is it a voice thing or is it an outfit? Private. It's a private thing. It's <laughs> an outfit. <laughs> My husband wishes that I did that. It's just a joke. I've never done that in my life. Although I used to hate it at fancy dress parties, right? I used to go to a fancy dress party and they'd say it's a theme like the 70s or whatever. And all the girls would either dress up as like devils or nurses or cats and be all sexy. And once I remember I went as Terry Wogan. Another one I went as a farmer. Another one I went as like a grumpy old man, like an old man with a walking stick. So I never went for the sexy look. And I always used to end up looking like a right freak.
0: Yeah, but I want to talk to that, that girl.
1: Okay, good, because the other girls were just always, they'd always got to be snogging each other and trying yeah. to show off for the boys. And I just thought, oh, for God's sake, stop doing that.
0: Well, that ends, doesn't it? Girls yeah. kissing each other for attention at parties. Yeah. It doesn't happen so much now. No. Barbecues at your house.
1: <laughs> no, it I might bring it back. <laughs> yeah, try it.
0: Don't warn the girl. Oh, do I do you just...
1: remember when we used to snog each other at no, parties? No, just lean
0: when... in and kiss Liz the next time we're here and I see, will. see if it's normal. You can film it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do I dear. Yeah, that sort of rubs off when you leave university, yeah, isn't, isn't it? I, I actually never snogged another girl in my life. Never? No, never. Don't know why. Okay, so Liz yeah. will be your first. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Puck her up, Lizzie. So dopamine,
0: what is it? A basic definition would be that it is a neuro... basic definition I say neurotransmitter. (laughs) I'm assuming such a high level of intellect. Okay, so a basic definition would be that it's a neurotransmitter and hormone released in the brain. Although many regard it as the so-called happy hormone, dopamine does not give us pleasure itself as it's commonly thought. Dopamine motivates us to do things we think will bring pleasure. So as the brain's major reward and pleasure neurotransmitter, it's what drives us to seek pizza when we're hungry and sex when we're aroused. The part of the brain where this pleasure is released is actually incredibly close to where we release pain as well. And we'll get into that a little more later. This is increasingly important as we understand addiction further.
1: Okay, so from it, it sounds like having high levels of dopamine sounds like a bloody good time, right?
0: Exactly. And therein lies the role that it plays in addiction. The more dopamine a drug or behaviour releases, the more addictive it probably is. So, for example, chocolate increases dopamine above baseline about 50%. Mm -hmm. Sex is 100%, nicotine 150%, and amphetamines are about a thousand percent a
1: thousand percent i think the sex going up a hundred percent i think that depends on who you're having sex with though doesn't good it good point yes good point um right let me get this right drugs and alcohol lead to a spike in your dopamine levels is that correct correct okay and as we've already established high levels of dopamine is a good thing right to
0: an extent yes
1: so what's the problem okay so allow me to
0: introduce you to a wonderful term called the dopamine deficit In much the same way sober curious was the term that opened up your mind, Vic, dopamine deficit has answered a lot of questions for me. Our brains, being the natural party poopers that they are, are always fighting to remain chemically balanced. Imagine a weighted scale, okay? What goes up must come down. The further the scale tips to the side of high dopamine levels, the further it must tip the other way to even things up. This is what many of us feel as a hangover or a come down.
1: So even if you're not drinking, you might feel this low after scrolling through Instagram for an extended period of time. The small hits of dopamine you get from social media are counteracted soon after.
0: Exactly. So Vic, talk me
1: through your feelings
0: of a particularly intense come down or hangover. What does Vic in a dopamine deficit look like?
1: Well, as a drinker, i describe myself as a dopamine hunter. I don't know whether yes. that's the term, but I was definitely looking for a hit.
0: And I reckon probably still in most people's sobriety, they're on the hunt for the dopamine hit they're not getting from alcohol.
1: Yes, in a different form. Mm. If I didn't get the effect I wanted, I was searching for something else. Mm-hmm. Any sort of dopamine deficit for me meant that I was on a general downer. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to have something else to prop up either my personality or my social life. Mm-hmm. I often felt depressed if I was on a come down. I was looking for something to replace the high. I felt like my life was generally rubbish. I felt unmotivated, a bit l- useless, lethargic. I was bored and had low self-worth. So all of the things I felt on a come down were the things that you feel when you're depressed pretty much. Yep. Similar feelings. I guess it's that chemical imbalance happening in my brain. The lack of something that I knew was going to get me high made me want it more that makes sense i think that's addiction probably summed up right there isn't it hamish what about you
0: so i obviously felt the same feelings as anyone in a hangover tiredness headaches regret generally hating my life but allow me to focus on two more interesting points when it comes to dopamine so the first is what we consume in these moments often it's foods that are high in sugar i remember we talked about coke being the black doctor or chocolate ice cream to clear the head also many of us took the route of drinking our way out of a hangover hair of the dog do you actually know why we say hair of the dog no i've always wondered what uh, as, oh, we, say as dog, we say hair of the dog as you say hair of the
1: dog our dog sandy has just knocked on the door come on sandy here you go here she's coming in Sandy, hello. Come on, about, come on sit up here.
0: We talked about Rosie. She got jealous. Yeah, she... we
1: talked about the Rosie dog from Adam Buxton. Now Sandy's here. I'll send. I'll put a photo on. She's looking at me like, oh, thank you. For, come on, then you can come <laughs> and sit up here. Come on in. Oh, she's such a lovely girl. Anyway, yeah, so, hair her, of the dog. Do you yeah. know? Do you know why it's hair of the dog? No, never. I've never questioned that expression for some I know, reason. Nor have I. So Weird. I've done a
0: bit of research. Originally, the expression referred to a method of treating a rabid dog bite. Right. Where the hair from the dog was placed in the wound.
1: Right, that's odd.
0: So, in that sense, having another drink or any drink is like taking hair from the dog that bit
1: you. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I always wondered. I don't about.
0: know if it works.
1: Yeah, the hair I'm of not the sure. dog. Yeah, no, the hair of the dog's just numbing out the pain. But like. even
0: putting dog hair in a cut.
1: Well, we'll try it. Sandy's here. Yeah, oh, you've got a cut. I can cut your leg open. Oh, no, I need
0: her to bite me. It has to be I her can, bite. It Can
1: be arranged. Okay. She's <laughs> yeah. a vicious little. We'll,
0: yeah, we'll get her going. <laughs> Sugar and obviously alcohol release dopamine in our brains. So when we're in a dopamine deficit, our bodies crave these as a short term fix. Right. Makes sense. Okay. Secondly, allow me to focus specifically on motivation, which until recently I did not know had any kinds of link to dopamine.
1: I didn't know that at all. So when you're talking about motivation, you just generally mean a feeling like motivated generally in life?
0: I think it's both. I think it's motivated to find things that make you happy okay. and also motivation generally. Okay. That's what I understand from it. Yeah. So more than anything, my hangovers were affected by a complete loss of that motivation. Motivation to be healthy, which explains binge eating, drinking, smoking, whatever it was. A lack of career made of motivation oh, yeah. that made all the worse by the fact these hangovers usually fell on Sundays yep. yeah, before the start of a long week. And I reckon that explains the high number of sickies that are pulled on a Monday
1: yeah
0: also if you're an employer and someone calls in sick on a Monday yeah you know what's up we've
1: got your number
0: they know exactly what's yeah. going on so I'll tell you about the time I asked if I could leave work early on a Friday because I was giving a speech.
1: Oh, yes. I think and he- the
0: boss said, give it to me now. Yeah. Ah, uh, there was no speech. Yeah. I was like, yeah, bosses are smart. Of course,
1: if anyone wants a Friday afternoon and Monday morning off, they're People generally... Know. Yeah. People
0: all the, all, know. People know. Or it's a bank holiday Tuesday and yeah. you pull a sick on the Monday. Yeah. Like, come on.
1: Everyone knows. I don't know why we thought we were getting away with that for no. so
0: many years. Sometimes a lack of motivation for me was even just getting off my sofa. Yeah. Those are the days when my step count would be below 100 you know, it was like I walk to the door to get the pizza for lunch or dinner, and then back to the sofa. Yeah, I'd be actually interested to know the record low step <laughs> count days. Like one. That would be yeah. Well, one you're not even going to the loo.
1: No,
0: I reckon yeah. I reckon I've definitely done under a hundred. I'm not sure if I've ever done under fifty.
1: I knew a guy whose step count would be zero because he used to line up milk bottles next to the sofa when he was hung over and no. piss into milk bottles no. yeah, and then put them on his windowsill. And when he went into my house, it was, it was my sister's flat in Ealing mm-hmm. and he used to go in and I looked up and I was like, what's that on that guy's windowsill? And he had bottles of piss oh lined God. up outside the window. Yeah, because he couldn't be bothered. He used to piss in them when he was hungover and then he couldn't bother to throw them away and put them on his windowsill so outside. Oh, that's What a insane. weirdo. Yeah, it was gross. What? You always get one gross person yeah, at college, true. don't you? That is true. It was me, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if, yeah, if you're thinking I haven't got that person, you're the person.
1: <laughs> I could show you I'm really good at pissing in milk balls.
0: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go on, get one now, wish. Oh, no, I don't want this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the last thing I want to say is, yeah, when, when I was hungover, that would often, obviously more recently, be accompanied with just endless phone scrolling. Oh,
1: the worst.
0: And Anna Lemke, she actually writes that our phones have made us dopamine junkies. It's like every scroll on our phones feeds this addiction. Yeah. Because dopamine is now more accessible than it's ever been. Okay. You don't even have to get off the sofa to leave. You know, you get dopamine from exercise or sex, or whatever. Now we get a little bit of it just from scrolling on a phone and seeing a page, something that we did got a like. So we're even more addicted to it than we've ever been before.
1: Gosh, yeah. I was just going to say Hamish that I am definitely a addicted to those dopamine hits on my phone Mm -hmm. and I hate it about myself and as you know on holiday I had a six weeks off my phone which was enlightening quite honestly and I'll definitely be doing it again Mm -hmm. I have to be on my phone that's the problem with that sort of addiction is that a lot of people are running their businesses on their phone or they're running their lives on their Mm -hmm. phones so therefore you have to be looking at it I mean that could be argued but I do think it's difficult it's like drinking and eating eating addictions it's like you have to drink and eat to stay alive like mm. not alcohol but there's there's problems there isn't it, it makes yep. it harder for ourselves to not be searching out something that we do need to be looking at anyway
0: yeah very hard let me share a quick tip which i only heard yesterday which was it was the sleep expert was on diary of a ceo and he said if you are going to have your phone in your room you're only allowed to use it standing up Okay. Which is quite a good tip, isn't is it? Free, we just lie tip. in bed and scroll for ages, yeah. and and know, first thing in the morning or last I'm thing bored, at night. And
1: I'm bored, yeah, I'll just go and lie on the couch and just flip yeah. through Instagram reels so with my son. So if you do it yeah. standing up,
0: yeah. then you're allowed it in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, that's very good advice, actually. I haven't done it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not coming here. Standing on one leg. Yeah, nice. Skipping. Yeah. One of the dangers of standing on one leg, no, <laughs> one of the dangers of consuming a dopamine-spiking substance like alcohol over and over again is that we build up a tolerance to it. Just like you can drink more and more like you did when you were 14, you also start feeling less of a dopamine hit. This is something
0: that has been proven not just in drinkers, but in skydivers. Their dopamine and adrenaline are so regularly spiked that it's very difficult to affect their dopamine levels in regular day-to-day life.
1: Oh, that is fascinating, actually. Mm. So they don't get as high unless they're doing the one thing that they know is going to give them the hit. Well,
0: it's like ultimate tolerance, yes. you know? So we build up tolerance to alcohol cause we drink a little bit all the time. If you drink a bottle of vodka every day, or, you know, skydiving every day, dopamine doesn't know where yes. it's, what's inspiring it then it's harder to to have the the normal everyday spikes.
1: Yeah, God. I think we need to get into skydiving, Hamish. Hell no. (laughs) no. (laughs) The issue with this is that it takes more alcohol to get your dopamine high and leads to a longer lasting and more intense dopamine deficit period. So we know the role that dopamine played during our drinking years, but what about its role in sobriety?
0: Well, to explain this, Vic, I need to let you into one of the most unfair parts of going sober.
1: Oh good he came, be my guest.
0: When going sober, you might just feel worse before you feel better. Oh bugger. So trained are our brains in this manufactured, chemically altered high levels of dopamine, that when alcohol is removed from our lives completely, we can experience one of the all time lows or deficits. The reason for this and why we encourage everyone to give up alcohol for at least 30 days is because that is how long it takes for the dopamine levels in our brains to recalibrate.
1: Gosh, 30 days? 30 days. So I reckon that's probably why people struggle a bit, isn't it, in their mm-hmm. first 30 days of sobriety? Like, we always get questions like that on cuppa, don't we? Everyone says they feel better, but I don't feel better. Yes. I'm struggling. I can't sleep. I, you know, people really struggle in those 30 days mm-hmm. and often relapse. This is an incredibly important truth that we try and remind people of throughout our podcast sobriety is a long-term win it ain't easy for that first 30 days it can be incredibly difficult which is exactly why what I just said some people relapse not only can going cold turkey leave you feeling worse off than before but it also doesn't fix all the issues that led you to developing a drinking habit in the first place these will take time and a bit of work on yourself, not to mention some time with a professional too. Of course, we always ask you to see a professional about your drinking.
0: So how do you remember feeling in the early days of your sobriety then?
1: Well, I just remember thinking my life was kind of over because I wasn't, I hadn't felt the benefits yet. Mm-hmm. I thought I was destined for the scrap heap, hey? I was forever boring because I wasn't going to be getting any of the hits that I had before. I thought life without my dopamine hit from alcohol seemed a bit pointless, that I would never have fun again. But time has passed and that has changed. And the benefits of sobriety, of course, have outweighed the downsides. Do you know roughly how long that took for you? I would say I started to really soar in my sobriety and realise that I wasn't searching out these hits after a year. hmm I would say it took that long. Yeah, I'd say I was happier generally because I wasn't having anxiety anymore. But I would say it really took me a while to not be searching out other things to replace those dopamine hits for probably a year. Mm. Hangover free Sundays were much better than that short term high. I could see the benefit there and I morphed into a new person. I was relieved that I could be authentic and didn't have to put on this stupid fun act all the time, which is something I still am relieved about. I found in the end natural ways to seek dopamine hits, ways that didn't involve me hurting myself or sleeping with a stranger. That's the key. Yeah. What about you, Hamish?
0: So I didn't have an immediate come down. And I think that was due to the fact that I wasn't drinking much by the time I gave up. It wasn't like a extreme amount and then I stopped and it was cold turkey. I'd sort of started tapering down when I moved to Queensland and then we had the baby and I was drinking even less and then I stopped. I felt like I didn't really have that dramatic change or come down. Mine actually came later in the hunt for new pleasures. I think it's important to remember and it's not a bad thing at all, but most people who develop a drinking habit probably have a taste for the electricity of a high or a feeling of intense happiness, like feeling 10 out of 10. I spoke to a friend recently about the fact that going sober sort of, for me, feels like you sit between four out of 10 and eight out of 10 most of the time. You don't have the ones and twos quite as often, and you don't have the nines and tens quite as often.
1: It's that squiggly line that I talk about. Yeah. You know, like you have the content line in the middle, you have the highs and the lows, and sobriety is that sitting on that content line but but sort of sacrificing those highs, yes. which means you actually sacrifice the lows. So it levels it all mm-hmm. out. And you just mm-hmm. generally feel better, but you are not going to have the euphoric highs that you had from these massive dopamine yep. bundles upon you. Yeah.
0: But most of us that did drink heavily, we loved that high. Yeah. So I think for years, we would justify those lows with the highs. And as soon as you go sober and those peaks and troughs disappear, the question is, how do you fill that gap? Yes. And that is where I found myself. I was like, right, yeah. I'm not having the highs anymore what's next? How do I, I want it, you know, I still want to feel ecstatically happy. And I had to go looking for for things to fill that gap.
1: And I wonder why as humans, like just to interject here a little bit, why are we always searching out these dramatic highs? Like, why as a society, do we feel like we have to reach these peaks and troughs? Why can't we just choose to live? Why do we have to be injected with fun all the time, you know? Well, because
0: I think that The answer to life is to find the peaks that don't have the troughs. Yes. What can I do that makes me unbelievably happy that doesn't have a cost?
1: Well, maybe it's just because we're looking in the wrong places. Mm. Maybe the things that you know, the things that we've written down at the beginning of this podcast, mm. are actually very, very simple things. Yeah. And I think we spend too long trying to find out these highs, like skydiving. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, in fact, for you and I, the sound of our children giggling is our favourite thing. Yeah. So we don't need to search anything out. It's right there under our noses, and that's what sobriety gives you. It gives you the opportunity to smell the flowers, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is look around you and notice that these things are enough which is really a kind of euphoric moment in itself because it means you don't have to go and bloody jump off the side of a cliff to feel happy it means you just take the hand of your child or go for a mm. walk or climb a mountain or do something cool that isn't extreme
0: so maybe to relate that's dopamine when you're drinking you're doing something that gives you a huge amount of dopamine. You're doing it all night. You're doing it three, four times a week. Whereas maybe you need to find things that give you little kicks of dopamine, like a child laughing or us dancing in our kitchens or on our balconies, whatever, that together all add up to the amount of dopamine that you'd get from a big binge drinking session.
1: So it's like you're building a little dopamine wall, isn't it? So in That's one it. drinking session, you are trying and build this massive wall of joy because you're in the moment and everything's going well. Of course, that wall falls down by mm-hmm. the end of the night. But perhaps that is the key, Hamish, is that you find so smaller hits of dopamine throughout your life that build a stronger wall and makes you happier for longer. That's it. Yeah.
0: I've been playing with children's building blocks this week. Yeah, I that's too. what's happened here. We're it's both le- in building blocks. The wall block. is Lego. It's Lego. Yeah, it's yeah. like Glenn connects.
1: Get Lego from your children, build a very small wall and you'll be happy. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That leads us nicely into our next point, which plays a role in everyone's sobriety. Without the alcohol-induced dopamine spike, how else can we effectively get our kicks? Some can be used for good, whereas others can lead us down a path to addiction, of course. Let's
0: start with the good ones. Okay. We don't want to get people too down too fast. So I've spoken in the past about ice baths, and Anna Lemke talks about ice baths. She knows what she's talking about. It's a massive dopamine hit. It has been proven that it gives you a 250% spike in your dopamine that lasts for hours even after getting out. So think of it like this. It's like the opposite of getting drunk. It takes you a long time to get drunk and you get this dopamine hit and then you feel crap for longer. Okay, Okay, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you do three shots and you're drunk immediately and then you feel crap for ages, right? Ice bath, you're in there for like three or four minutes of pain. Mm. And then you feel amazing for hours. Okay. It's like the exact opposite of a night out.
1: A good dopamine hit is exactly what Hamish and I have been talking about. Quality time with friends and family. Of course, if your friends and family are annoying, then that's not going to work. Mm-hmm, which they often true. are. So just
0: someone else's family. Yeah, just go you and can find borrow mine, mine knock on right. the
1: door of someone's house and go and visit them <laughs> and have a cup of tea.
0: Uh, exercise. Now, exercise, I feel like, if I heard it in a podcast recommended by someone... You ignore it. You yeah. know, yeah, we all flippin' know exercise is good and not doing exercise is bad. But there are two things I'm going to tell you about exercise here, which I think might help. Because hearing it from me is not going to help. I
1: feel like you're really aiming this at me. Like, you, this might help you. I have you. to look
0: at you when I say this because you're the only other person in the room <laughs> feeling self-conscious. OK, so the first is they did a test in rats. OK, they always do tests in rats. This, rats this, one, this one isn't so bad. This one's a little bit bad. They did a test in rats where they compared those that had access to a running wheel to those that did not. So what they did is some had access to a running wheel for a few weeks, some didn't. And then they put them in a room where they could effectively give themselves hits of cocaine.
1: Oh, yes, I think I've seen this. The ones that
0: did the exercise previous, not only did they take cocaine less often, like tap the button or whatever it was less often, but over time they did less. So literally, in regards to addiction and exercise or dopamine release and exercise, you can't argue with the science of it. Anna Lemke described it. She said exercise is better than any pill or drug that she can prescribe. Even if it's just a five or 10 minute walk every day, it's better than any medication out
1: there. Because it doesn't have a downside. It doesn't have a come down, does it? Mm -hmm. Going for a walk doesn't have any downside at all. Whereas the highs might be more high if you're taking a gram of cocaine But then you've got to deal with that absolute horrible come down the next day. So it levels out with a walk. I know it doesn't sound like it's quite as fun, but for me, a walk, (laughs) there's no side effects to it. So I love going for a walk. It's like waking up after going out on an alcohol free night. I know that I'm going to have a good time. I know I'm going to chat. I know I'm not going to do anything awful. And I know I'm going to wake up the next day and not have any dread or fear or, or humiliation about of the actions that I've done. So there is a joy in that, which is a dopamine hit for me, which is just, being sober and socializing. Mm. So, therefore, I'm getting that dopamine hit without the drug because there is no downside yeah. to it.
0: And it's not extreme. When people say you've got to exercise, I always think, oh, does that mean I've got to join a gym? Does that mean I've got to do a triathlon? do you start training for a marathon? She's saying 15 minute walk a day. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Anyone can
0: do a 15 minute walk a day. Yeah.
1: yeah, Amazing. Um, food, as we discussed on the last episode, you know, there's so much joy in food when you're sober because your taste buds will start working again and you just start enjoying. And complaining more about it, which but is also, what I do. there's a
0: lot of foods which are very high in dopamine.
1: Okay, like what? So I
0: did research. Um, peanuts. Yeah, I can believe that. Avocado.
1: Yeah, love avocado.
0: Obviously chocolate. Chocolate, sugar, salt, there's, there's yes. dopamine hits in those. But yeah, some are, some are healthy ones.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Yoga and meditation.
1: Yes, we always mention those, but neither of us. Well, you do a bit of meditation, don't you? Yeah, I, I know I, these I, things, I things are good for me. I don't even feel comfortable saying I no, do it okay. often. I do a little bit
0: sometimes. I know
1: that those two things would work for me, but mm-hmm. I don't do them.
0: Though, those are like right up at the top of the pyramid of like healthy dopamine hits.
1: Okay, that's interesting.
0: But yeah, neither of us do it. But no. the next one we both do plenty of dancing. Dancing is our yoga and meditation. Yeah,
1: well, you, that's the thing. We can't do everything, can we? No, and nice. lots of steps yes. in dancing,
0: depending on your style of dancing. I basically walk on the spot. Oh, fast. stomper, stomper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do loads of steps in my dancing. All right, stomper. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I've had worse nicknames. I like it. Um, I also find doing to-do lists really... I know
1: it's dull. I read this. I was like, Hamish, come on. Is it too much? This is too much. This this makes you sound like the biggest nerd that has ever walked the planet. No, because I think I've then connected
0: this to a a sobriety thing. Okay, go on. I think that... Getting through a to-do list. Actually, finishing a to-do list, I actually find a bit anxiety-provoking. But ticking off a to-do list, I really, really enjoy. It gives me a huge hit of dopamine to the point where I'll write things on the, on the list which take longer to write on the list than do, just so it's another thing on the list that I tick off. You ever done that? No. It'll be like, put the laundry on, write it on the thing. Then I go do it, and tick. I kick it off the list. But then I think, okay, is that Eat just breakfast. me? Eat breakfast, yeah. But then I think, is that just me? But then, no, look at A.A., AA is t- is the 12 steps. And am I right in thinking you go through them one yes, by one over yep. the course? That's a to-do list.
1: It is a to-do list. Yeah, I reckon
0: right. that people are getting a dopamine hit from AA like the way I get from two to-do lists.
1: I know what you mean with the to-do list. Like I can see the angle you're taking on it, Hamish, but I, it makes me slightly worried about you.
0: <laughs> I reckon half the people listening will be nodding and half may feel the concern that you feel.
1: But at the same time, I think maybe I need a to-do list. When you look around the room, do you think, oh, Vicky might need a to-do list because I have so many jobs to do that never get done because they're not written down anywhere and there's no that order. And I'm the same with work. Like I never know what I'm doing from day to day basis and I forget to do everything because I don't have a to-do list. So maybe. I need to do one and then tick it do off
0: I write you a to-do list okay like yeah it.
1: don't put weird things on no. there but yeah
0: did, did we ever post a photo of your kitchen floor after you guys got back
1: from Thailand oh what was it I can't remember
0: so you do something that I think I also do but it's not as dramatic because I don't have three kids which yeah. is you get home from holiday all of your clothes are dirty. They need to go in the laundry. Yeah. Vic, you just obviously emptied them out. Your whole kitchen floor was mm. like an ocean of clothes.
1: Yeah. I did take a picture of me. In did we do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah like like I'm glad you've got it. that photo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good with putting clothes away. I, I know what it is. It's childhood trauma. <laughs> I, <Okay>. my <laughs> mum was obsessed. No, it's true. My mum was absolutely obsessed with me having a clean room. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I think as an adult, I've just gone, oh, fuck it. I don't have anyone to tell me to clean my room up yeah. anymore, so therefore it's going to be messy. Okay. So I've become like I've rebelled against my my youth. Yeah, yeah. So generally, as you can see, Hamish, he's looking around Freddie's bedroom. It is. It's
0: worn off. <laughs> you you've got so many bad memories. Your mum telling you off about having an untidy room. You are not telling your own children to I still, tidy their room. I still tell them off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't know.
1: I'm not a great parent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Of course, Uh,
0: there are some slippery slopes, some dopamine-inducing activities that can lead us back to addiction. These include any other form of drug. We did an episode called Cali Sober, wasn't it? Yeah. And people go, well, I don't get my hits from booze anymore, so I'm going to smoke more dope or I'm going to still do cocaine because it's not alcohol, so it's not that bad. Yeah. That is the slippery slope, as we have discussed.
1: Um, Funny enough, I looked up the word dope because I wondered if it stemmed from dopamine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but actually it doesn't. Dope is a thick Dutch fluid that is related and the drugs that were originally used which were opioids were a thick fluid originally so they yeah. called them dopes which is a Dutch word oh okay yeah so it's actually not related it to it being to dopamine this episode at all yeah no, <laughs> but yeah I did look it up because I thought it was so ask, related oh, someone to someone else dopamine. would probably yeah. thinking that that's Interesting.
0: good Interesting. Um, sugar of course We've already done a whole episode about that. Yeah, um, people also become addicted to food or to diets in their sobriety. I wasn't aware that this this happened. Although we're, we're both on a sugar diet yeah, at the yeah, moment,
1: yeah. Even though we're both doing it, yeah. But yeah, yeah, people
0: can get overly into their food or their diets. You know, maybe get take the whole health thing a step too far to the yes. point where it can actually be detrimental to your health
1: Yes, yeah, so it's like extreme exercising yeah. and extreme anything like just going fully into something else like swapping the wits for the bitch like we spoke yeah. about on the Cali Sober episode I think there is a danger in going from one thing to massively into another yes it's like a boyfriend I remember always had girlfriends growing up who would go from one massively serious relationship to another yeah. and to another and to another yeah. and you just think just take a break and have a moment to sort of recalibrate and yeah. make sure Sure, you are yeah, yeah. getting the right one. It's the same with this. It's like you don't want to go straight into something else. Take your time and find the right things for you, and get those little hits instead. I think
0: anyone listening to this podcast, you know, has probably either been a binge drinker or been an addictive drinker or whatever. Probably has that in them. Like we like being all in yes. on something. Yes, definitely. And if the alcohol is taken out your life, then we're looking to be all in on something else. So it's it's a trap that I'm sure many of us fall into.
1: For sure. Yeah, and then there's sex, Hamish. I mean, people get addicted to sex. Uh, mm-hmm. Russell Brand was a sex addict, yeah. I think, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. He gave everything up. But after heroin, I think. He was a heroin oh, he addict. and up sex after heroin? After heroin. Because ah. he went all LA for a bit, didn't he, and was mm-hmm. sleeping around in LA. But yeah, he's given all that up now. He's got a nice wife and two lovely children. Good on you, Russell.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, Russell. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you don't want to go sleeping around, like go from being an alcoholic to then sleeping around and getting knob rot. No. Do you, Hamish? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, nice but it's just thought. one addiction for another again, isn't it? They're the risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So how do you get your kicks in your sobriety, Vic? And have you ever fallen into any of these traps that we've just been talking about?
1: I think I've been pretty stable in my sobriety, Hamish. For once, I can, I can tell you, I think I've done something quite well. Uh, okay. I don't get too far into anything nowadays if i start not enjoying something i stop for example i've been driving to a gym recently that was quite far away and i re- even though i was thoroughly enjoying it i realized the the drive was getting in the way of the rest of my life so i've stopped doing it oh yeah, yeah. and then i find other things so now i'm walking up the mountain once a day and like i'm quite um i can put things into a a box a little bit more and shut it off and try something else. Whereas before I would have gone full into that thing and driven for miles every Mm. day. And now I think I'm much more of a chilled human, which allows me to make better choices around my lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Also, anyone that doesn't live around here is going to think that you climbing a mountain every day is you going all in on mountain it's climbing. It's not Everest. It's, it's not, not Everest, not Everest. Everest. <laughs> no.
1: It's a small mountain that takes 40 minutes to get up and down. Yeah. yeah. It's the second biggest rock after Uluru, Hamish. Isn't it? Yes, Mount Coulomb, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: cause you're you're a mountain climber. I'm a mountain, Let's mountain climber. Let's just say yeah. you're an extreme mountain climber. I, I don't
1: have gear on, or any, I just you have my crampons. Podcasts. Yeah, I've got crampons. <laughs> if you saw me climbing up there with crampons, you'd be like, "Who is this idiot?" Everyone's strolling past. <laughs> yes.
0: People with prams and
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> baby babies, backpacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my needs are less, Hamish. In sobriety, is what I find. I'm relieved to not be searching out those highs anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel the need for it. I accept the simple things, like we talked about, nature walks. I can see myself becoming a bit of a hiker, like I'm organising a trip with my best mate towards the end of the year, and there is hike talk. Yeah. Yeah, hike chatter. Spain, isn't it? Yeah, Spain, we don't really know. We're not really sure yet where we're going to go, but like, we just know that there is talk of walk. What is hike chat? (laughs) (laughs) It just means we're discussing the local walks. Do you own
0: a pair of Merrells?
1: No, I don't yet, okay, but maybe. it is something I will be doing soon. Okay. Meryl's, a couple of Birkenstocks, a backpack, and I'll be your Yodley, like that. Yeah, Yodler. maybe one of
0: those backpacks has a straw that comes out of the, <laughs> yes. of the, 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 the I'll of strap. I'll get the full
1: gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll get one of those sticks as well. Oh, you need the sticks. I need the yeah. stick, yeah. And
0: you'll be really proud when you check them in at the airport and they come <laughs> round on the, on the conveyor belt.
1: This is this is going to happen to me in my sixties. I reckon I'm going to be a full-on hiker. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, with with trousers that zip off at the knee.
1: Yes. Oh yes. (laughs) Now we're talking. Although my next one is nakedness
0: yeah you do get skinny dipping I recently I quite like
1: being naked just generally okay. that's a bit of a dopamine hit for me because I, I know not many people are as naked as I am so therefore okay. I'm like oh I like being
0: naked so where else outside of the, the local nudist beach
1: yeah just no just, just on my school, street school pick ups. school pick up yeah <laughs> <laughs> darling mummy's <Yeah>. here yoohoo <laughs> <laughs> um socializing with sober people not naked Hamish um that is a dopamine hit for me because mm-hmm. I love being around like-minded people and people that understand me and that I can be myself around and not have yes. to worry about booze and coming out of those I always feel a bit high
0: for sure yeah. good conversations with good people yes. I think it's definitely a dopamine hit yep
1: yeah craft with my daughter she made a ballet school with hot glue this week i love doing that with her one-on-one time with each kid is a dopamine hit for me all (laughs) three is pretty intense i try to avoid it as much as i can but one-on-one i thoroughly enjoy yeah I've got more, have I? You've got a half a page more. Oh, bloody hell, it's a lot here, isn't it? Accepting my natural state, enjoy not giving in to my desires. It's a strength I Mm -hmm. find that I have developed over time. Sometimes I do fall into fad diets, but I've learned to love my body in sobriety. I did create three amazing lives that I can handle (laughs) one-on-one.
0: Yeah. I've always liked the way you talk about your body in that way, actually. Yeah. I don't know how long that took you to sort of go from oh, I need to lose this or tighten this or whatever through a diet to then be like, actually, I love my body. I yeah. made three humans.
1: Did that take a long time? Well, my, my daughter's asking a lot of questions about the human yeah. body at the moment. She's like, well, what, how do your eyes see and how do you swallow and where does okay. your voice come from? And I try and answer them and I'm just like, all you need to know, Nelly is that the human body is incredible. Mm -hmm. Imagine all those things happening inside to make you be able to see and how that's happened. And I think if you really look at what's going on inside your body on a day-to-day basis, you can't have anything but full respect for Mm -hmm. it. It is an incredible thing. So I think over time, as I've matured, since giving up drinking, I've just learnt that what an incredible vessel it is that keeps me alive and how proud I am that I've been able to produce three children and how privileged I am to age within this vessel. I just think... it's a much better outlook than just looking in the mirror and go oh my god i look fat yeah you know i am who i am and i'm happy with who i am i mean sometimes i do get sucked into the odd diet occasionally because i know i feel a bit a bit happier when i'm a bit lighter Mm -hmm. but i know that that's toxic and i know that that's me being drawn into media and and what what women should be like but also
0: it could be a dopamine thing you know the idea of self-rewarding or ticking off every week. For sure. And yeah, it could be that sense of accomplishment that comes through doing any course. And I think a diet is kind of like a course, I suppose.
1: And I suppose you get a dopamine hit when someone says to you, you look nice. But actually in society now... I find myself, I don't say to people, you look nice anymore, because I feel like it's irrelevant. Mm. I don't really care how someone looks, you know, if they're a good person, they're a good person. I'm like, how are you today? How are you feeling? Are you feeling good? Are you happy? Like They're the questions I want the answer to. Yes. You look good. It just seems inane.
0: See, I I'm OK with saying or hearing you look nice, because I think that implies you've dressed up your hair your clothes yeah whereas I think you look well I reckon people that have lost a lot of weight get told they look well a lot and then we're associating well with losing lots of weight I think that's like a black hole
1: yeah it's a another conversation at Hamish maybe we need to do an episode of that on how you look and how how actually it becomes less relevant in sobriety mm-hmm. yeah because I often don't wear makeup anymore and go out and just think well I don't really care what anyone thinks about me how yeah. I look it's, it's totally irrelevant ask me how I am that's mm-hmm. important so yeah I've become a serious sex addict Hamish it's,
0: it's obvious to me there's <laughs> <I> actually, <laughs> loads of men next door in gimpsuits.
1: Yeah, they're all knocking the door down <laughs> Actually, I'm addicted to not having sex.
0: Yeah, an interesting new <laughs> <Yeah>. addiction. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do not put me in a leather suit and spank me with a paddle, Hamish. I
0: wasn't my plan I thought for the afternoon.
1: Always, I that was always your plan. <laughs> Yeah, I have a tendency to lean towards just going to sleep nowadays. Yep, yeah, sure. I think that is something that happens when you're older or when you've been married for a long time and when you have three kids running around the house. And my poor husband, I do feel sorry for him. But there are a lot more headaches than there ever I'm have been. I'm full up
0: for dopamine tonight. Yes. Don't fricking touch me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I do think that is something to do with having children. You do Your body becomes your own. <laughs> yeah. And for me, something that definitely gives me a dopamine hit, this isn't going to sound good, Is time alone. Yeah. I don't think mums take enough time out. Um, (laughs) I know my husband doesn't need that time as much, but I definitely do. But yeah, a day out for me on my own, going to get a massage, go for a walk, go for a facial, even just going to shops and going shopping, just buying myself a new dress or something – I feel that that is a sort of dopamine hit for me. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy time with myself now and I think it's really important for me to do that for my mental health. So yeah, I do spend a lot of time hiding in the airing cupboard with a Crunchy.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: What about you? So
0: I think obviously at the moment I'm really into these ice baths and the breath work and they're hobbies that I'm loving. And I could see that maybe becoming a problem and that the place that I go to do them is in Brisbane and I Mm. do them at the weekend. So it is pulling me away from my family. So I might just need to keep an eye on that. If you say there's a local one, that does make my life a lot easier. But I do really love the people that do the one in in Brisbane. Uh, I'm doing this thing called Waves of Wellness. So Uh. I'm not sure if I've told you about this, but I know it's Australia wide. So if you're in Australia, you should definitely look it up. It might be other places in the world. Waves of Wellness is, from what I understand, a surfing and mental health business or uh, what would I call it? It's not even a business. I guess it's a course. Yeah. So it's funded by Movember. So it's, it's aimed at men, but really anyone can sign up. The group that I do it with is maybe 50-50 men and, men and women. It is free because, it, because of the Movember funds. So once a week we meet on the beach and we do maybe a 45-minute chat about mental health. And then we have a 45-minute surfing lesson. And it's completely from scratch. There's no one there that's, that's any good. And I'm doing it every week. at six weeks. And then they get, you know, another group in, wherever it is. Right. And it is fantastic. Yeah. And what I really like about it is something that I don't know if I've spoken about this in the past. But the idea of learning something from scratch later in your life, of being really shit at a skill. And the humility that comes with that. And I'm really bad at surfing. and I quite like that feeling of being crap at something and mm-hmm. trying really hard and yeah. trying to get a little bit better. And I think we do that less and less. And I think learning a new skill and getting better at something you're crap at is a dopamine hit.
1: Okay, that's so good. It reminds me of me doing the thriller dance secretly, learning the thriller dance. I'd never danced before, and me and all the mums got together and learned the thriller dance and performed it. I've got another one coming up, which I'm going to actually secretly learn how to wakeboard and we're not oh, going to tell George. George. And I'm going to go and I'm going to learn over a few weeks and then I'm going to go and just be brilliant at it. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Because, yeah,
0: George goes every, every weekend with John, doesn't he? He's yeah, really he goes every it.
1: weekend, yeah. So oh, he keeps going, Mum, good. you've got to go. You'd really love it. So I'm going to secretly go during the just week.
0: Back flip backflip over him. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think surprises are a good dopamine hit, yeah, actually. Yeah, aren't for they? sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Unless you hate surprises. Unless you hate the surprises, <laughs> yeah.
1: then it's a the nightmare.
0: I think just generally being in and around the ocean. is one of the great joys for me all of all ocean time you sniff it mainly it's a bit creepy how you sniff it when the rest of us are swimming in it
1: i'm not near hamish's armpit. when i'm doing that my
0: (laughs) peeing child and it comes over and sniffs (laughs) weirdo and we do daily exercise as a family so Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) okay don't throw (laughs) up i mean Sunny doesn't do much, but we go to the gym as a couple every day and Sunny comes and sit in his, he's in his bouncer or he's in his yeah. um, pram quite happy. And that is quite nice. I think doing it as a team, I find a bit easier. If I was going alone, I wouldn't go as often. Um, so that's
1: no I and team, Hamish. That's, oh God,
0: <laughs> you're a walking sticker. So I think doing something, that that's both good for our relationship. I think it's good for us actually having time off Sunny, even though yes, he's sure. there not neither of us are looking after him. He's just yep. sitting quite happily. Um, and it's obviously getting all your exercise kicks.
1: Are you competitive with each other while you're in no. there? No. No, right. okay, that's good.
0: We can't. We're different shapes and sizes. We're not competitive. You're stronger than
1: her, are you? Ah,
0: I don't want to say that. <laughs> she listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and beer performing has always given me a kick. So although I, I don't act anymore on stage, doing the podcast, doing the radio, you know, all of those things, which I guess are kind of performery, or we've got live show, all of those things... I get a huge buzz from. I think maybe because they're slightly frightening as well. It's like yeah, I, a think, I was going to say, I test. don't know.
1: It's that line between fear and excitement there because I dread these things, but I do them because I know I'm pushing myself out of the comfort zone and I know it will give me that dopamine hit mm-hmm. afterwards.
0: Yeah. I also think moving somewhere remote where, you know, I don't know that many people and I've got a newborn baby means I get to spend lots of time with just Liz and Sonny which I love. I think it's like a privilege to be a dad and Liz's husband. So I love trying to get better at those two things fathering and husbanding every day and I find that very rewarding
1: I think you and I were very similar Hamish where we'd probably just be happy if we just took our kids off to a little island somewhere and just lived out our days living a very very simple life there's something to be said for that isn't it just go and live amongst nature with the ocean at your front door but we've established there has to be
0: a part of the island which children can't reach yeah <laughs> every now and then yeah. really tall rocks to get through this this part of the island
1: perhaps with a turret in the middle where you could go and climb with lots of stairs and be like goldilocks oh, no is goldilocks is she going a turret think, no it's the one with the long hair the, yeah is that not oh, no, that's not gold. it's Goldilocks, on that steals the, the porridge from the bears yeah but who's the one with the long hair I know, I think Esmeralda. Oh, no. but it's not Esmeralda. <laughs> oh, no, es- we're having a moment. Esmeralda
0: was my first true love. Who
1: was the long haired one? Hmm. <laughs> Goldilocks? It sounds
0: right, doesn't it, it? Does it? But I'm thinking, isn't Goldilocks the one that, that ate, the, ate the bears' porridge? Goldilocks from
1: the three bears. <laughs> is that a thing? Is that a porno? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it?
0: Esmeralda? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh. Oh. We're
0: rusty of kids' books, you should know.
1: God, what is that one?
0: So everyone's gonna be screaming at the podcast. Yeah. It's
1: frickin' Can't remember Hamish. Georgie Box and the Three Bears, that's right, isn't it? Yes, but she's not the one with the hair. <laughs> she's got long hair.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Who cares? She's <laughs> got nothing to do with this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really hot in here. <laughs>
0: no, that's just the pressure of trying to think of a name.
1: Uh, the key to a healthy, happy and long-lasting sobriety is to find out what fills your cup, pun intended, Yes. in the absence of alcohol. These, of course, are just some of mine, but there are hundreds of others that might do it for you.
0: Okay, so we'll go through these one by one. We'll okay. go through fairly fast because we've covered some of the big ones, but... Giving back. What, that tenner you owe me? Don't you owe you a tenner? Get get out of my wallet. (laughs) So yeah, giving back to your community is a huge dopamine hit. Giving rather than receiving. I think a lot of people do turn to that, I think. They
1: fill their time with charity often. So you're much more of a giver than a receiver, are you?
0: (laughs) <laughs> well done for we'll keeping you a straight face asking that question <laughs>
1: thank you and sleep of course we did our sleep episode so yes. that's actually it sounds like a dopamine hit will keep you awake but actually having good sleep probably will make you Big seek one. out less dopamine hits mm-hmm. because you won't feel the need because you just feel rested yes
0: exercise and listening to music and meditating we've covered
1: yep time in the sun sounds funny sex and human connection Apart from my poor husband, eat foods and drinks that release dopamine. Some aren't necessarily good for you, like chocolate and coffee, but others like avocado, as you said, peanuts and green tea. What green is green team? It's
0: meant to just be green tea.
1: Oh, I, was, I read that earlier. I was like, what's the green team? Do
0: you not drink green tea? Okay. No, just, just the advanced lots with me. It's
1: Hamage's special, it's bogeys, the green team. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the green tea, famous. Yeah. Uh, either way, we recommend avoiding processed foods. Yes. Yeah.
0: Rolling around in mud like a pig probably be nice too.
1: Yes, that would probably give you a dopamine that, hit. Not in Anna Lemke's book, that one. No, I added that one. Allemki, <laughs> Doctor Allemki, roll around like a piggy. <laughs> Time alone is often needed for a lot of people, especially in the witching hour in that time where you think you need a hit, when you think you need a drink, time alone, a walk, whatever you need to do, just even if it's five minutes out is definitely, definitely a way of getting it.
0: All right, we're going to finish with a quote. This is from Dr. Anna Lemke herself. You're not really going to forget her name. I've said her name so many times in this Lemke. episode. So she writes, abstinence resets the brain's reward pathway and with it our capacity to take joy in simpler pleasures.
1: Yes, That, love that. is
0: the key. That is the link between addiction yep. and dopamine in yep. one quote.
1: So true. That's what sobriety is. Simplicity, finding joy in simple things and no longer needing the hits. That is the key to contentment, Hamish.
0: Right, I'm off for a naked swim with some sober people, then a rave, then the ice cream parlour, then home. What are you up to?
1: I'm going to hug a tree, and then I'm going home to pretend I've got a headache. Ah, oh, poor John. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's on John. duty again.
1: Yeah. he's a sad face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
0: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
1: Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community.
0: Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, It's Bloody hell. How do they share it I don't know, just write it Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.